Hello, revelers and merrymakers, kazoo blowers and pot and pan bangers. I am Brooke Warner, one half of this show, which means my co-pilot, Grant Faulkner, is here with me as always. And Grant, uh, New Year's is staring us down this week, and I, for one, am grateful. I want this year to be over, uh, which is kind of ridiculous, admittedly, when you think about it, because it's not like the calendar flips to a new year and then all of a sudden everything is better. But it certainly is symbolic um, and energetically it can feel that way. And culturally, we for sure buy into this idea that uh, the new year is a chance for new beginnings, a shift in energy, better stuff on the horizon. And 2021 was a really, really hard year. I know we're still slogging it out here with the many existential crises that we're facing, the pandemic and all its variations being just the most disruptive in our day to day. Uh, So I don't know. I'm leaning into this energy of newness. I'm trying. And I'm imagining maybe you're feeling the same way. (laughs) How'd you guess? (laughs) Yeah, I find it fascinating how the flip of a calendar and artificial marker of time can feel so significant. And there's actually an an actual psychological word for this phenomenon, you know, how we're motivated by time markers to change behavior. But I can't remember it. So I'm going to blame (laughs) my pandemic head, (laughs) which I'm blaming for a lot these days because, yes, 2021 was tough and I'll be happier than ever to put it behind me. We're going to dangle all kinds of important things for you to know, but we can't remember them. Uh, So (laughs) look them up and let us know. Well, we're lucky um, today because we came up with this episode a couple of weeks ago, the idea for this episode, when we were talking with Erica Jong uh, to have a holiday show where we would look at memoirs that have been adapted into films or TV shows or series. And, you know, since I follow memoir closely, I feel like I had a pretty good handle on a lot of movies that have come out. Like right out the gate, I could have made you a list, you know, Eat, Pray, Love, Wild, Orange is the New Black, Running with Scissors. Um, a lot of these are memoirs that I've taught, by the way, as part of my best selling memoir series class that I do. But then I was like, that's not enough. You know, clearly there are more. So I posted on Facebook um, to get people's ideas and to see what people would say or what they've watched. And we got more than 100 comments. Um, And it was super fun to see all the adaptations, many of which I had totally missed. Uh, Top votes went to Girl Interrupted by Susanna Kaysen. Um, Another one was Beautiful Boy by David Sheff. And then Out of Africa, which uh, is by Danish writer Karen Blixen, So now I'm just spending the entire winter holiday watching stuff, which is honestly a perfect way to spend two weeks off in the throes of the pandemic (laughs) (laughs) that will seemingly never end. (laughs) Um, Grant, I thought it would just be fun to go into a few of these in more depth to get people thinking about, you know, getting these shows in their own queue. And I know you mentioned having loved uh, Unorthodox, which was a Netflix series based on the memoir by Deborah Feldman. Are there any others from the list that we curated that you would like to say more about? Yeah, Unorthodox might be my top one or two from the list. I know this is an age-old discussion, but in looking at the list, I was actually surprised how many of the stories were better as books than movies. You know, they, they weren't bad movies necessarily, but but just better books. And I started to wonder if there was an intimacy and closeness of memoir of a story like that, that is better represented by words on the page than on film. And that line between a novel and a memoir was interesting as well, because I enjoyed seeing how some novels were confused as memoir, Mm -hmm. which is understandable, you know, uh, but, but anyway, it was interesting. And 
just as, as one final comment, I, I did a quick Google search uh, for top memoirs, or memoirs that made the best film. And Catch Me If You Can, which I didn't even know was a memoir, was ranked the number one movie made from a memoir, at least on the website I got to. Yeah, I am surprised by this. And I think it's because I didn't know that it was a memoir either. <laughs> so uh -huh. I was thinking maybe it's the case that the more famous the book, the worse the movie is going to be. And then if the book is not so well known, the better the movie. Yeah, I think that that works a lot of time. I'm sticking with that theory for now anyway. Yeah. Um, but another surprise for me was how many of the shows and films I just hadn't seen, like notably My Salinger Year by Joanna Rakoff and This Boy's mm -hmm. Life by Tobias Wolf. even though I loved that book, haven't seen the movie. Um, notably, someone posted that I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings by Maya Angelou was made into a film, and I had no idea, but that's because that film was made in 1979. So I was feeling like that one could be redone for the big screen today, but I would have to reserve judgment on that till I go back and watch the original. But, you know, based on most films from the 1970s, I, I probably could put in a plug for it getting redone. And then also I want to note two adaptations that are new and exciting. The first one being The Tender Bar by J.R. Moringer, which will be out now as you're listening to this. But as of the day we're recording this episode, it's not out yet. Uh, so go get that one in your queue. And then the other one, which is in development and apparently going to be played by Kristen Stewart, is Lydia Yuknovich's The Chronology of Water. So that's very exciting. We love Lydia. Yeah, super exciting because Lydia was on, right-minded. You can go back and listen to it. It's still available. Uh, one more thing struck me, Brooke, and this is in the disturbing category, is how few of these shows and films are by writers of color. Uh, and I noticed that was called out a few times in the comments to your post as well. And one of your commenters brought attention to Just Mercy by Brian Stevenson. And there's the 1979 film of I Know Why the Cagebird Sings that you mentioned. There's also The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks, which features Henrietta Lacks and her family, though it's written by Rebecca Skloot, who's white. So it's, it's not based on a memoir per se, but there are memoir qualities to that book since Rebecca herself is a character. And I love the, the 2017 film, The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks, that stars uh, Oprah Winfrey and Rose Byrne. But these statistics and, and poor representation obviously reflects poorly on both the publishing world and Hollywood. Yes, it does, um, for sure. And I guess on a hopeful note, I think we're going to be seeing some notable shifts in this space in the years to come, given all the movement we're seeing around DEI concerns in both industries. Uh, and I'm sure that there are going to be more than a few adaptations or that are already in the works, likely by writers of color. Um, and while this one isn't a memoir, we do know from our interview with Alka Joshi recently that Netflix is working on The Henna Artist. So that's exciting. And I think we can safely predict that Netflix is going to be providing us with a lot of good content in the months and years to come. Yeah, and before we end today, and for the sake of naming some additional books that came up for folks that are watching, uh, there's Brain on Fire by Susanna Callahan and the famous Angela's Ashes by Frank McCourt, both uh, bestsellers that I believe you've taught in your bestseller series, Brooke. Yeah, and those are both amazing books. And we do tend to choose books a lot of times that have been made into films, in part kind of reminding me of what Piper said during her um, interview with us, Piper Kerman, when she said that 
the oranges, the new black had been seen by, you know, magnitudes of millions, uh, as opposed to how many had read the book. And so that is what happens, right? I mean, it's like a, a book gets more known, you know, perhaps that emphasizes its bestseller status. And then that certainly was true. I'm just going to point out one other one, um, Under the Tuscan Sun, Francis Mays, an amazing film with the protagonist, Diane Lane, who I love. And then a less well-known book, which is The Diving Bell and the Butterfly by Jean-Dominique Balbi. I hope I'm getting that name right. He's French, obviously. Mm -hmm. That is such an incredible book. And I have not seen the film and have a little bit of a hard time imagining it about a man with locked in syndrome, just because his writing is so powerful and so harrowing. Uh, So I, I do recommend the book, but also recommend the movie if you can't get to the book. And then one more kind of fun twist is that someone mentioned that Alison Bechdel's Fun Home was a Broadway musical. And I really wish I had seen that one. And so maybe I'll have the opportunity to someday. Yeah, I haven't read the book of The Diving Bell and the Butterfly, but the movie is uh, powerful and harrowing as well. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a, a really, ama- <laughs> really amazing movie. And, and it might be, I don't know, it's it's definitely in my top three of, of all these films we've discussed. And I think on that website, I just um, looked up, it was the number two film. Okay, then. I can stand corrected. A little bit hard to watch, but it's 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 a great movie. Um, and just to showcase a couple more classics, Out of Africa was on the list, and someone mentioned The Sound of Music, which, again, wasn't a memoir, but interestingly based on the 1949 book, The Story of the Von Trapp Family Singers. Ah, uh, yes, The Sound of Music. My favorite movie of all times that I've loved since I was eight years old. <laughs> and I, I know I am far from alone in this love. Um, and I appreciated that people dropped in uh, biographies, you know, like the Tina Turner story, which is based on the biography rather than the memoir. So there was a little, just an amazing amount of recommendations. Yeah, to me, the takeaway of all those recommendations is that there are just so many amazing stories about people's lives. And we're so lucky to be in this era of content creation with so many choices available to us. Well, cheers to that. And uh, cheers to all of you this New Year's week. And we're going to throw in a book trend this week, even though there's no interview. So hang tight. And we will be right back after this short break with the book trend. Today's book trend is a trend within a trend, actually. Uzo Aduba, who played Crazy Eyes on the Netflix series Orange is the New Black, is hosting a new book club through Netflix that's definitely worth checking out. And you can find out more details at www.netflixbookclub.com. And each month, Uzo will be picking a book that has um, been adapted by Netflix or is being adapted by Netflix to read and then discuss. And Grant, I just think this is a brilliant idea and I hope it will get a lot of traction because what I love about it is the celebration of multiple forms. It's super cool. Yeah, this is going to be really interesting to follow and and maybe even participate in from time to time if I have time. They launched this just last month and they started with Passing, which is a movie that's been getting a ton of attention. I believe it's uh, based on a a book published in the 20s. And I came across this site in a a Google search that lists all of the Netflix shows that are adaptations of books. So if you you go to julesbuono.com, Netflix book, club brooke is going to put this in the show notes so not, i won't spell out the whole whole title but it's jules b-u-o-n-o and then netflix book club if you want to do a quick google search and scroll down to the bottom you'll see uh she's listed about 30 or so upcoming possibilities for uzo to dive into with this new book club 
Yeah, and it's an overt celebration of the book as a foundation for these adaptations, which I think is an important trend too, because so often people watch shows and then they don't consider that the book came first, which is exactly what we were talking about today with Catch Me If You Can. We had no idea. Uh, and so I think this is an atten- uh, or an opportunity, I guess, to bring attention to the book and importantly to the writer. And so I commend Netflix for this initiative. Yeah, here's to more book clubs and Uzo Aduba, who will always be known as Crazy Eyes to me, is a great <laughs> choice to host this series. Um, very fun. I'm looking forward to tracking this one in 2022 and beyond. So happy new year to you all. We hope you have a fabulous New Year's Eve and that you are celebrating in all of the best ways and goodbye pandemic. <laughs> Let's hope. Let's hope. Happy New Year, everyone. We'll be back with you next time, next week, next year, that is in 2022. So until then. 